and welcome to Great Relationships. I'm Paul Moore with Herman Eben, where we are pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right, thinking right relationships right now. And Herman, right now, I've got to tell you, we've gotten a lot of response on the conversations we've been having on submission. And today you want to talk about submission as a weapon. Right. We want to talk about the fact that too often submission is being used by men as a weapon on women. That's exactly (laughs) right. Then you need to pray, please. (laughs) Yeah, right. Lord, thank you so much that everything that you have in your word is meant for us to pay attention to because it's for our best. Even this S word that we all do not like, men or women, we do not like to think about submission because that invades our privacy, invades our freedom, makes life about others as opposed to banking it about me. And that we just want life to be about ourselves. Lord, take this time, make us clear in your precious name. Amen. Amen. I can't tell you how much response we've been getting. I mean, steady stream about mm-hmm. submission. Is a woman doing what God asked her to do, irregardless of abuse or situations or anything else? When we start talking about submission, it is following the example of Jesus Christ. We always want to go back to that. And it's very important that this topic be applied to both men and women. It's not something that is for the women exclusively. It is for a man also, because we see in 1 Peter chapter 2 that it is being specifically stated that if a slave has a master that's unreasonable, they're to submit anyway. That isn't just talking to women, that's talking to men also. Obviously, it is spoken of toward women very clearly as something that God is expecting out of them, not only in Titus chapter 2, but also Ephesians 5 and the passage that we've talked about more than once, 1 Peter 3, 1 through 6. So all of those passages do talk to women, but men are supposed to submit also. Okay, but we're not hearing it. I remember when you married Francis and I. Mm-hmm. You were quick to remind us that there is this kingdom math. It's one plus one plus one mm-hmm. is equaling one. Right. Not my 50%, not her 50%, none of these fallacies of the world. I say that to say this. When we start talking about submission, the first thing that happens in a man or a woman's mind, and, and I'm just general statement, looks like God goes out of the picture. Mm-hmm. It is immediately whether I deserve it or whether she's being compliant or anything. And I guess the question becomes, how can I help her understand about submission and not think it's the weapon from me? Well, most men are going to do it as a weapon toward their wife. And even a woman will use it as a weapon toward another woman. How so? Because we are doing relationships incorrectly. What is it that we're doing too much of the time in a relationship? We're doing the finger pointing, remember? We're looking at the other person and saying, if you would just change, I'd be happy. So it it does become a weapon. And the weapon coming back from the wife most often is, you don't love me, right? Those are the two keys that a man and a woman may end up fighting about. So a man will often use this concept of you're not submitting, you're not respecting me as a weapon, trying to so-called beat them over the head with this idea of you're supposed to be doing your role. And the wife's turning around and saying, but you don't deserve this. And I've heard you say here many times in the last week that this is a fundamental concept in great relationships. Absolutely. 
absolutely the fundamental concept is whether we are going to pay attention to do what God asked me to do, not what he asked you to do. <laughs> it's what I'm being asked to do. That's the key. So a husband, if he's using submission as a weapon, he more than likely is not paying attention to what God is asking him to do and, because he would not be using that as a weapon because that shows that he doesn't love her potentially. And that's where I'd say, ladies, I got to tell you, Herman has talked to almost as many men about this topic in the last week as he has women. One of the most important issues that a man needs to wrestle with before he starts talking about submission to his wife, if he ever does, that is, am I submitting first and foremost to God to do what he has asked me to do? Am I submitting to the authorities in my life? Am I submitting to the spiritual authorities in the church? Am I submitting to my boss? Am I, am I, do I know what submission looks like? Are you telling me I need to make sure my house is clean before I go tell them to Boy, paint theirs? It, it is so true. It is so true. In fact, uh, what we too often miss and in that conversation you're just talking about, what too often we miss as men, what we are seeing in our family, and particularly in our wife, we need to be very careful that that isn't a reflection of us, right? <laughs> so what I'm seeing bad behavior in my wife or my kids may be a reflection of me. I'd better stand before the Lord to say, Lord, what are you doing with me that I'm not paying attention to, and I'm, therefore they are reflecting some of this stuff back to me. Okay, talking about reflecting, you've got me thinking about eclipses, right? The earth is how much bigger than the moon, and the sun is how much bigger than the earth, right. and yet they eclipse each other. I'm saying all that to say this. How is my wife supposed to get from my behavior that her submission glorifies ultimately God when I'm trying to demand it for my own? Well, you, you won't. If you're trying to demand that out of your wife, you are not presenting the right image of God to her. That's what's so interesting. God doesn't sit there and demand it out of us. He wants it for us. Yes, there are commands. We've talked about this before. But the very statement that there's a command implies what? Choice. He is not forcing us to do anything. He is uh, giving us the freedom to make a choice for or against him. That's what's so amazing about the Lord. Therefore, a man that is using submission as a weapon against his wife is doing something that God does not do. God is a God of invitation, saying, you have an option here. It's your choice if you want to do this. It's totally your choice. It's for your best if you do it. At the same time, be very careful if you as a man are trying to demand that somebody submits, particularly your wife. That's going to create a real problem for you. And then I start eclipsing God, and that becomes pretty scary in my mind that's when a, I think about it, and I didn't even realize. That's a great way to think about it, putting that physical picture in your mind at how easy it is for us to eclipse God by putting us in between God and our wife. And God 
God wants us to be the conduit of his glory to our wives. God wants us to be a conduit, just like a hose that transmits water. He wants us to be a conduit that is providing great health and benefits to our wife, not being a block of his glory. That is great a, a great picture for us to be thinking about. Okay, now we're talking about it now, and that's great, but where would you have me go to the course material to review this? You need to go to chapter 9, and in chapter 9, you'll see the uh, area where it's literally the section titled the S word. (laughs) (laughs) The S word, submission in action. That's what we want to be talking about here in all of this. And hopefully we get this buzzword about eclipsing. I'm sorry, I don't know why that's resonating me. Am I eclipsing God? Yeah, and too often we are. And God, again, is saying, here's what's so important for a woman, in spite of the fact that a man may be eclipsing God, so to speak, a woman is to be submitting to her husband anyway, because by doing that, she's submitting to God. Well, it's just got me thinking, and I'm sorry, that whole metaphor, and I'm thinking about what our chief engineer said earlier, and you know how the sun shines so brightly right at the earth and the moon and you look at the moon and i'm thinking of the wife as the weaker vessel we're to treat her that way here's the the moon that smaller vessel and you see the earth's reflection on it because Mm -hmm. god shines so brightly Mm -hmm. what are we reflecting kind of sobering great relationships the website gr numeral eight relationships.com and chapter nine we'll be back right after this Great definitions for great relationships. Image of God. God shows us in his word that he is powerful and relational, or separate and belonging. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down, www.gsot.edu, gsot.edu, or call 877-476-8674, 877-476-8674. Now get going. Now. You're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love, because it takes right thinking for right relationships right now. And right now we're talking about submission. And Herman, you know, despite my weird science, it is in fact, (laughs) the moon and the earth have no light of their own. It is the reflection of the sun like us. We have no lights of our own. It's how we reflect the sun. Can you help us with the definition of submission? 
that is so imperative that we understand what submission is because too much of the time we believe that submission is something that it's not. Here's what we too often believe. We believe that somebody can force us to submit. Somebody can make us submit, in other words. That's not true. No one can make another person submit. We can control somebody. We can dominate or manipulate somebody, but we can't make somebody submit. And we see that very clearly in the examples that God gives to us in 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 through 6, that submission is an internal voluntary act of the will to put yourself under another person. That is so important. We talked about that last time, but we can't mention that definition enough because too many people continue to think that I can force somebody to submit. That's the reason why submission is used as a weapon too much of the time. We're trying to beat somebody into submission. It'll never work. You can control, you can manipulate, you can dominate them, but you can't make them submit. That is their choice. It's inside them only that that's going to happen. Okay. So, do I have any scriptural basis for this? There are so many good scriptures. Uh, the one that we have often moved and, and talked about is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, but 1 Corinthians 16, 16, that you also submit to such as to everyone who works and labors with us, about submitting to uh, spiritual authorities. 1 Peter chapter 2, 13 and 14, about submitting to every ordinance of man. 1 Peter 5, 5, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Hebrews 13, 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive. There's all sorts of submissions that are talked about here. And what we miss too much of the time is submission can be divided into two big camps, two big categories. One, submission is used to maintain order and submission is used to provide relationship. It's for both of those things. So you can think of, of uh, submission in two ways. It's about authority and submission for order, and it's about uh, mutuality being the relationship issue. So notice, notice what I've done with the word submission. I've subjected it to the image of God. Right. Okay. Well, can I be honest for a second? Because I'm, I'm not hearing you. My mind is welling up with other stuff. Mm-hmm. You said I've got submission and I can see order. Or I can see submission and see relationship. And I think a lot of people hear submission and all we hear is burden. We hear a burden because it's used only. Most people end up using it on one or the other, they end up saying, it's just about order. And therefore, I'm supposed to make this order work. As a husband, I'm coming to the wife and saying, you are supposed to submit to me so that we can have order here. That's that's how that's being used. And other people, when they're preaching at a, um, at a couple about the egalitarian saying, husband and wife are equal, they're preaching the mutual submission. They're saying, no, 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 we don't have any leader in the family. We have a husband and we have a wife. They're both equal. Therefore, they are not to be submitting other than just simply submitting to each other equally. That's how they're thinking about that. Okay, well, I keep stumbling over my selfish, self-centered self all the time. Mm -hmm. Where's the benefit? The benefit of submission works very nicely when we 
do use the image of God. It is for order. Notice what Jesus did with the Father. He submitted himself to the Father for what? To maintain the role and the design of that relationship. The Lord Jesus Christ was the Son submitting himself to the Father, saying, I will do what you want me to do, maintaining the order, right? At the same time, he is submitting because it enhances the relationship. Therefore, you're using both of them at the same time. Too many people use only one. You've got to use both of them at the same time. Submission not only enhances the order, it also enhances the relationship. That's how those things work. Okay, now you had brought into your definition and what you were talking about, order and relationship. You threw out a new term and it went by kind of fast, and that was mutual submission. Mutual submission is, again, what most people preach as it relates to this submission, because when we start talking about order, it draws uh, draws a line in the sand, making people think, I'm supposed to use that as a weapon. There we are again. Uh, I'm not to, I'm not supposed to be talking about submission from the viewpoint of saying this is the way it's supposed to work. Well, we ju- I just got through reading some examples of how submission is used to maintain order. Hebrews 13:17, obey those who rule over you, be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. That is an issue of maintaining order. If you only focus on the maintenance of the order, you're missing out on the relationship component that can come with that also. The same thing for 1 Peter chapter 5, 5. Younger people, submit yourself to your orders. Maintain the order of how life is supposed to work, and it will enhance your relationship. All we do is talk about the order too much of the time, or we go in the other ditch and only talk about, well, we we just we don't have an order here. We're just to submit to each other and whatever is best for, you know, this particular situation. That's going to kill you. You've got to pay attention to both at the same time. Okay. How do I talk about this submission issue from God's perspective without causing a fight? Because there's a lot of preconceived junk out front. Whenever we shy away from the truth, we will end up creating a problem not setting the foundation. So here's what I mean by that. Here we are in a situation and we're afraid to talk about submission because we don't want to create a fight. Well, that means you may not be sharing the truth with each other. Too often, we use truth as a weapon also, right? (laughs) Yes. That would be the same issue that's what's going on here. Uh, Well, we need to talk about submission because you're not submitting. That's how we would bring it up. We need to bring it up from the viewpoint of, here's some truth in God's Word. How can we better understand this truth in our relationship? How can we better understand how submission works instead of trying to demand it out of each other? We need to understand it to be able to practice it. So if we are worried about creating a fight, we're more worried about managing each other's emotions than we are about sharing the truth with each other. I heard you talking to somebody the other day, and part of the conversation, you were telling them, you said, the question you might want to ask your spouse is, how may I submit to you better? Mm. Why would you ask them to ask that question? (laughs) (laughs) It goes back to the whole essence of great relationships. We've talked so many times about how this is a creating a new 
type of relationship or a radically different type of relationship? Not fixing what I've got, but creating something new. Something totally new. This, that question moves in the same direction. What is it doing? If I am willing to sit here and ask that question, how can I submit better? That means I'm focused on whether I'm doing what's right as opposed to whether you are doing something right. I'm not trying to get you to change. I'm simply asking the question, how can I do it better so that I can focus my attention on whether I'm doing what God asked me to do? I'm not trying to make you do anything. I'm simply wanting to do what God has asked me to do. You either want to do what God asks you to do as a woman or a man. If I am employed, I need to be asking that question of my boss. How can I submit to you better? What is it that I could do to please you more? I need to be asking that question because God is asking me to do that for my employer. And that is the same question that God is asking of a wife to do with the husband. We invite you to go to Great Relationships as GRNumeral8Relationships.com, the website, or find us and like us on Facebook. Join the conversation. We'll be back right after this. definitions for great relationships. We have all asked, what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is never abusing them for the wrong they did to you, ever again, not in thoughts, words, or actions. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Welcome back. Great Relationships website, GRNumeral8Relationships.com, or find us and like us on Facebook. Herman, before the break, you were talking about submission. You gave us the definition, all these wonderful things, and you said, look, Jesus submitted to the Father. Just, just think about that. What God the Father was asking of the Son is that you, as the Son, need to go to the cross in order to pay the price for everybody to have a chance. That was the situation that Jesus was going, wow, if there's any other way for this to happen, I would love for it to be happening. 
because I would prefer not have to go through this. But I will do it because it's your will that I am going to follow. Now, that brings out the first and most important reason why we want to submit. It goes back to the issue that you and I have experienced as children, and you and I have experienced potentially as we deal with children. What is one thing that a parent many times says to a child when the child says, why? Because I said so, yeah. And that is actually an extremely good spiritual lesson. Just (laughs) just think about that. But God never (laughs) says, because I said so. Yes, he does. He says it all the time. He is, his entire word is saying that. His entire word is about the truth about how life works and when he is saying it to us, it's because he said so. Yeah, but Herman, when God says, because I said so, it's an invitation. When mom or dad says, because I said so, it's because there's a, a yeah, switch coming. But the, but this, it's the same point. The same point is at some, some time in your life, just like we've used the term multiple times, at some point in your life, you have a who said so, right? Who is your who said so? I'm going to submit because my who said so, God the Father, said this is the way life works best. Okay, I'm going to do it. I may not understand it. I may not be able to think through all the multiple ways that it can bless me or anything else. I'm just going to do it because my who said so said to do it. Okay, well, I'll concede the point that as I read the Bible, there are blessings for obedience. Mm-hmm. Are there blessings for submission? There is a clear, clear blessing for wives in particular. But let me just mention the broad stroke blessing. If we submit to another person in spite of the fact that they may be treating us unjustly, it has a huge opportunity to enhance the relationship rather than make the relationship worse. That is the key point of submission, is to help the relationship be enhanced. But there's a even more phenomenal blessing that the Lord is offering to women. Here it is, that your fear will be removed. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 6, As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. The Lord is saying, terror needs not be part of your life. Trusting me is what submission allows to happen in your life. Now, another thing that is a point of submission, but it's not exactly the same type of blessing. When I, as a husband in verse seven of chapter three of first Peter, when I, as a husband, treat my wife in a, in a considerate way, in living with her and treating her as the, as a, a, a fine vessel, I am going to have my prayers answered. So there's a submission into that relationship that's a blessing for me also. Okay, that's now. What about eternal rewards? Well, anything that we do that God is asking us to do is going to accrue to our benefit. So everything that we do here and now, as we do it, God is basically saying, yes, that's going to go to helping you become the king or queen, if we want to say it that way, in eternity that I'm asking you to be. And you're learning that right now. This submission deal is very important because if you're not doing it here and now, you won't have the fullness of understanding how it works in eternity. 
Okay, and what one thing would you have me take with that? I, I tell you, the, the, the way that we've titled this submission as a weapon, that is so, so true. And the reason why we end up using it as a weapon is because we don't understand the fundamental uh, definition of uh, submission. An internal, voluntary act of the will, putting ourselves under another person. Here's the big point. You can't use submission as a weapon because it is not a weapon. It can only be used for the benefit of the individual person. Your only weapons that you have are force and manipulation. Submission can't be used as a weapon. It's impossible. You totally misunderstand submission if you think you can use it as a weapon because it's an internal voluntary act of the will to put yourself under another person. Wow. I'm not so sure that it's not my pride that always gets in the way, but you've given me an idea. I think tonight when I journal, I'm going to ask myself, how may I submit to you better? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to walk through different people in my life I'm having problems with. What do you think? I think it's a dynamite idea. Start with God first. <laughs> 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 because if I'm not thinking of God first, then that's, that's going to hurt all these other relationships. And just notice what I said there. When I'm paying attention to the order of life, I enhance the relationships. That's one of the biggest blessings that can come out of this. Stop fighting it. Stop trying to make things go, go my way. I need to start figuring out how to help the relationship go better. There you are. And thank you, Herman. And thank you, Father, for this opportunity to share this information and share this time with others. Again, the website, greatrelationships.com, grnumeratrelationships.com. We'll see you next time. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow! I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing! I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.